the vents had gotten blocked and um, because of that there um, my laptop basically overheated and it essentially unsoldered the graphics chip in the center of the motherboard now is there any truth to the rumor that it, the vents were clogged with male nudes and you, uh, other various fuck you Ryan <laughs> and the ship you came in on motherfucker Who ever told you that it's full of shite? <laughs> Which is more than likely Mike, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Nudes are nudes, you know? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, well, that's good news that you're back on, Shane. Everybody is excited to have you here. And by everybody, I mean me and... Uh, Mike said he guesses it's okay. Yeah, yeah I'm okay with it. Yeah, as long as Mike's not getting a boner and rubbing one out while we're on. Again? <laughs> Why do you think I'm even here? Because I can fucking hear you. I don't even like horror movies. <laughs> yeah, we know that. We heard, we heard well, your we discussion already, of... We already know that um, you can't... Um, you can't handle horror movie games or horror games. Yeah, right. Yeah. Listen, my boners are my own business. Yeah, right, whatever. If I want to use you guys' voice to get me hard, then I will do so. And you have no way of stopping me. Uh, hi, Mike. <laughs> I don't Holy shit. How you doing, big boy? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist that one. It's because I'm a cunt. <laughs> This podcast is taking a turn for the worse. Are we recording already? Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> it's all going at this podcast. For like every time I join the podcast, I'm not going to talk for like the first like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. You love it and you know it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but that's where all the great intros come from. <laughs> Just recording it and see what happens, and then I figure out where I squeeze in the music. It's usually the funniest <laughs> part. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your host, Ryan. Shane and Mike. Well, the thing is, right, because I was listening to the last last podcast. I listened to that yesterday, and yeah. I've got to admit, that was probably one of the funniest podcasts I've heard, because I wasn't on it. And, um, because I wasn't <laughs> uh, Just, like, hearing the whole spiel about like having the deleted episodes or the deleted scenes so to speak all the cut scenes of like us farting and belching i think that would yeah. be a perfect intro to get it done man yeah i'll do that in my spare time yeah because <laughs> that'll be funny as fuck well every time i hear a real funny one i isolate it and save it so but other than that it's uh I don't, I don't think I'll be going back and re-editing any episodes. Well, it's like this. Um, if I do feel a fart brewing, I shall place said mic between betwixt my cheeks. 
and let rip for all to hear. You're going to be sniffing in shit particles all morning. <laughs> Shane, I, I just want to ask, is this your mic or is it your buddy's mic? This is my mic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure he would really appreciate that. No. Or even just you blasting one off by his keyboard. That's probably great, too. Well, Steve just mentioned that if I do let off, let one off, the stench will be outside. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's all good, really. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I'll try not to. You know, I'll try not to follow through. No, do it. It's a natural to follow spot. through. <laughs> now, see, now I know what that is now. <laughs> not just a golf term anymore. No, no. Yeah, baseball swing. Nope. That's right. The seat is wiped clean as well, so that's always good. All right, you dicks. Are you guys ready? Yes. You everyone got all your stuff set up? Yeah, let's do this, bitches. All right, folks, welcome to episode 27 of All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast. Shane, Mm -hmm. you are with us today, yes? I am. Yes. I am with you, uh, exploding laptops notwithstanding. Yep, the laptop has uh, been dumped in the trash, and you're calling in from a friend's computer, I guess. Yeah, well, actually, the laptop is still in one piece. Um, It was taken apart, then put back again. And it's currently sat in my flat looking very sad. Oh. And um, I'm actually going to be getting a friend of mine to take in, take care of it. He's going to take all of the stuff from the hard drive and put it onto the new laptop when I get it. Nice. Because it's got all my stories and stuff on it, and it's got all my notes. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to lose that. You. So. In the meanwhile, you can use the, uh, the broken laptop shell as a uh, sort of like a cat trap. So you could just, if you're typing on the laptop, you could put the broken one next to you so the cat lays on that one and doesn't bother you. Yeah, if it works, because Ziggy's a clever little bastard. You could use it to smuggle force. What was that, Steve? Oh, you could use it to smuggle nudes. Oh, yeah, right, so Steve's in on it now. He's just said that I could use the old laptop to smuggle <laughs> nudes. Steve, Shane's friend in the background. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. He's playing on Star Trek. He's playing Star Trek online as we speak. See if you can make- Star Trek. Yeah. Well, we know what he's doing. So anyway, uh, this is episode 27 of All You Need Is Blood, the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at UHMPod at gmail.com uh, or our various uh, Twitter contacts and whatnot. Uh, we'll give you after the show. And uh, joining me today... Is uh, again, as you heard, UHM's Beard of Terror, Shane Smith. Beard of Terror? <laughs> you gave yourself that title. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? See, it's been a while. I know, I wrote it down in this one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and as always, uh, Mike Whittemore. Hi, Mike, how are you doing today? I am good. Pretty tired because I didn't wake up too long ago, but I'm here. Oh, boy. Early, early show for you. Yeah. Huh? That's all right. We'll hold up. We'll hold on the fort. So uh, yeah, we're gonna be discussing a whole pile of disorganized shit today. Wait. Um, well, it's it's actually pretty highly organized, but um, but yeah, we've been putting this episode and the next one together for quite a while, I think. Yeah, it's my fault. So yeah, well, not entirely. I think we've all had a little part in uh, being like, oh, I can't make it this week. Yeah. I can't do it. But we're fine. We finally got it all together this time. So, uh, a little later, we're going to be covering some horror comedy, which is going to be good. And I think this episode, we're going to have a little discussion on the movie Split. Yes. 
and um, some trailer stuff too. We might as well cover some new movies uh, since we uh, we're supposed to be working with upcominghorrormovies.com, and we could talk about upcoming horror movies for once in a while. Yeah. Makes a nice change, that. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, so before we get going, uh, let's uh, let's start with everybody. Um, wh- what's going on? What's going on with you, Mike? We'll start with you first. You got anything interesting you've been watching, reading, anything like that? Uh, recently, I've been rewatching The Office on Netflix, and I'm convinced mm-hmm. it's like one of the funniest shows ever made. Um, other than that, I've been uh, buying more vinyl recently. I'm trying to uh, switch to vinyl when I purchased Switch to vinyl. Yeah, you know. Wow. You know, it, it's weird. I went backwards in a way. I started out downloading everything when I was younger. I downloaded movies and games and uh, music. And then I switched to CDs, which I have a pretty big CD collection and I still buy CDs. But now <laughs> I'm switching to vinyl. So I But you skipped right over the cassettes. I don't, I have worst. I have two cassettes. Nice. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, I just love the artwork on vinyl, and it's just it's just so nice looking. They give you so like I actually just bought a uh, uh, from you guys have heard of Mondo, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, they did um, Super Castlevania Four. They did all the Castlevania game soundtracks, and uh, Super Castlevania Four is like one of my all time favorite games for Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just released the soundtrack for that, so I I ordered that on vinyl. It's just, it's just pretty cool. I just love the artwork and what they give you is just. So much more for your money. Yeah, but uh, other than yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, other than that, I've uh, just been living the American dream. <laughs> words, words of wisdom. Thank yeah, you. Mike. Yeah, I have nothing. So Shane, we haven't heard from you in quite a while. What's been going on with you? You got any good uh, movies or TV shows or music or anything? I've not really been um, watching much in the way of TV. Um, Movies, I've watched a few. Um, well, I say TV. I say I've not been watching TV. I've been catching up with Fear the Walking Dead. Um, mm-hmm. The new season started about four weeks ago. Well, five, yeah, three, four weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> so that's been pretty good, surprisingly enough. Um, movies, I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of old retro movies, like old classics, like. Um, I finally got my copy back of Return of the Living Dead after lending it to someone seven years ago and completely forget about it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I've got that. And um, I have been listening to a lot of um, old music, old CDs, been kind of like going through um, a bit of a mid to late 90s kick at the moment. So I've been listening to stuff like Moist and Live and um, early Pearl Jam and um, Coal Chamber and a few other bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's about it, really. Uh, but um, obviously, I've been <laughs> trying to sort out this fucking laptop business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, trying to sell some shirts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got a little shirt situation going on. Yes, because I, I got some shirts made. Um, which, because you're, you, well, because recently you've been, well, you've been very good friends of mine. Um, I have been considerate enough to actually package up a couple of shirts for you, um, which will be coming your way within the next couple of weeks. No, I can't wait, man. I'm excited. Yeah. So, um, so you'll be able to wear them at bar mitzvahs and, um, like, any Christian blessings. I'm sure they'll go down well. <laughs> 
any church or any church organized uh, gathering yeah, should, should be re- uh, beneficial, right? Anything of religious, it'll go down amazingly well. Excellent. Yes. Awesome. Well, as for me, I think on this episode, I'm going to bypass anything that I have been watching and um, listening to or whatever, and instead, I'm just going to give some shout-outs to things I think everybody should uh, watch, listen to, or or get into. Uh, first of all is the YouTube channel Blood, Guts, and Social Commentary from uh, Amy Davis Tobin, who was on our uh, podcast a little while ago. Um, that was a remake episode, I think. She does an awesome job of going over all kinds of horror history and interesting topics like around the world of horror, everything from, you know, like satanic-related uh, horror to poultry horror to boner horror, which was a great episode. Um, so, yeah, you guys should check uh, check her channel out. She's awesome. Um, and uh, she just put up a great video, actually, for uh, the Scares That Care charity. That was just a little while ago. Right. Uh, which is which is one of my favorite charities. They're the one I donate to the most. Um, and uh, her and I are actually going to the uh, Scares That Care weekend in July. Oh, awesome. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're hoping to get like a little something recorded down there. We're not sure what we're going to do with it, but uh, maybe it'll end up um, either on this channel or on hers or maybe on both. I don't know. <laughs> But that should be awesome. Go check out Blood, Guts, and Social Commentary. Yeah. Um, also on YouTube, um, totally underrated channel that does not have nearly enough subscribers for the amazingness they do is this channel called Frightfully Forgotten. Uh, there are a couple guys. They're actually on the UHM uh, Horror Fans Facebook group. Uh, two Canadians, uh, Justin Bush, Bush and Adam Johnstone. Uh, and they basically just sit down in front of a camera drink beer or booze or whatever and discuss a lesser known horror movie and um, sort of similar to what we do they they end up usually going into their own personal stories that revolve around you know where they originally saw the movie or you know what the movie means to them or their funniest parts or whatever Um, and they do lots of great stuff like uh, Prince of Darkness Dolls April Fool's Day uh, um, Road Games which is a great Ozploitation movie uh, starring Stacey Keach that's a great one but, um, but yeah, they're real funny to watch and listen to. And I'm a sucker for any, like, real heavy Canadian accent. So these guys crack me up. And then finally, uh, a fellow podcaster and my cousin, UHM alum John Doolin, hosts uh, You Can't Sit With Us, along with Spencer Swindon in the show. Um, they do a bunch of great stuff. They're one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And uh, they've they they go with things that from unique perspectives so much. There's there's a lot of uh, queer centric topics, random pop culture stuff, um, but the majority of it's focused on horror. But it sort of goes you know through their filter. Um, but it, you know it's 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 great if you don't mind expanding something that you normally wouldn't listen to. Like they had one episode on Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, and it was hysterical. It was great to watch, mostly because they had, um, that TV show Feud had come out a little while ago. But um, but I I knew they were gonna go into Straight Jacket, which is one of my favorite uh, pre-slashers, because it's like a uh, it's a Joan Crawford movie where she goes nuts. But it's like before slashers really existed, this movie came out and it's a hundred percent a slasher. There's like masks and there's a killer roaming around killing people. It's so good, but it's it's crazy. So um, so yeah, I'd say check that out too. You can't sit with us. Awesome podcast. Frightfully forgotten. Hilarious YouTube channel. And, of course, Blood, Guts, and Social Commentary, where you could actually learn about horror. A little education in there. That's what we all should do. So, Great for the yes, kids. Yes, exactly. Especially the boner horror episode. 
<laughs> Get some started. So she gives you the conversation, so you don't have to give it to Yeah, kid, right. Here, know? kids, sit down and listen to this. <laughs> and send any complaints directly wow. to Blood Guts and Social Commentary or to Amy on Facebook. I'm sure she'd love them. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, what do you guys say? We get into some of these topics here because we're going to have to plow through some of them. Yes, let's do this. Yeah, let's, uh, let's All right, get this Let's started. start off with uh, Split. Uh, I, I believe it says 2016, but I think it came out this year, right? Wasn't it 2017 it got actually th- a theatrical release? I don't really remember. Uh, something yeah, it was, like that. It was either beginning really of this year exactly or early that. last year. I can't remember. Um. But yeah, uh, I know Shane really wanted to talk about this one, and Mike, you saw it uh, a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, I watched it, and then a few days later, I watched it. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna try. I only only got to watch it last night, but you you did get to see it though. Awesome. So we're gonna try not to go too heavy into spoilers, but in my opinion, there's not a lot of there's not a lot to spoil in this movie, despite it being a Shyamalan movie, which uh, I'd like to discuss. Um, maybe towards the end of this thing, we'll do a little bit of a spoiler talk, but um, I'd like to discuss the 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 focus on it being a Shyamalan movie. But um, but Mike, Mike, what did you think of the movie? Um, I loved it. I, you know, it. Uh, it's so hard to really uh, <laughs> to to really get hyped for this movie uh, because once you hear it's a Shyamalan movie, um, you don't really get too thrilled with it, in my opinion. Uh, his, his work lately hasn't been the best, but then he uh, came out with uh, uh, what the hell's the name of it? What was his the last grandma's movie? Grandma's house one. The visit. Right. Yeah, the visit. And uh, you know, I, I watched that and I was like, oh, you know, maybe Shyamalan's got his career slowly coming back. And I love the visit, so I was like, okay, split. And I wasn't really too thrilled to watch it, but after hearing all these positive reviews about it, I decided to check it out, and I, I absolutely loved it. Um, James McAvoy, I have only really seen in the X-Men films, and um, Atonement mm-hmm. with Keira Knightley, and uh, I knew he was a good actor, but in this movie, he portrays multiple personalities, Yeah, and I, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know what he did, but the acting in this movie is phenomenal mm-hmm. by especially by James McAvoy um he does all these different personalities so well that I feel like they could all have their own movie and be very distinct yeah. from one another um uh you know the uh the teenage uh girls do a very good job too the the main actress is actually yep. from the witch and she does very well in this movie uh she's I don't know her other work besides the witch but uh, it seems like she's a pretty up-and-coming, you know, actress, and she did super well in this movie. And I'm looking forward to more stuff from her. But overall, I thought the movie's fantastic. It warrants multiple viewings, and uh, it's probably one of my favorite Shyamalan flicks I've ever seen. Yeah, it's definitely up there, especially with the Shyamalan movies. Um, th- this I think I would probably put, if it's not number one, I think it's a solid one or two. Like it's. Like I, I love um, yeah, uh, Unbreakable, and but that I love that more from a storytelling point of view, as opposed to I love this movie more for its like acting performances and um, just sort of the originality behind it. Uh, so, it, so I like it oh, for yeah. like different reasons, but um, 
I really love this movie. And like you said, the highlights, James McAvoy. He is fucking amazing in this. And I don't think he gets enough credit from anyone that watches this. Like, he does such a good job. My One of my favorite parts in the movie is there's one point where um, one of his personalities is pretending to be another personality. Oh, yeah. It, that's It's so ridiculous, but you can see it. You can see, like, he adjusts his tone of voice and, and his mannerisms and everything to, like... You could see underneath there's, like, two or three layers of characters going on in his portrayal of this one scene. It's nuts. Like, one actor playing multiple roles in a in a single sentence. <laughs> when he's saying it, he's two different people. It's so good. Um... He, yeah, he's awesome in it. I, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, the the girl in it, she's really good too. Um, and I, I just I just love the performances in this thing. And I think it's like uh, it's it's a must-watch uh, if you like acting and you like seeing interesting things. And it's unique, right? In a world where every horror movie that comes out is a remake, a reimagining, a sequel, a prequel. Or like a specific subgenre film that's been done like a million times. Like how many Exorcist movies are we gonna see, or how many, you know, um, just normal serial killer slasher movies? There's a million of them, but this one is unique, and and that's the kind of stuff that I really love about this one. What about you, Shane? What do you think about it? I thought it was a really good film. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I mean, I only got to watch it last night mm-hmm. for the first time, and um, I was actually I was glued. I was amazed James McAvoy as you say he is a really good actor anyway but in this it was fucking outstanding he really was and I just loved um, his portrayal of specific characters like the the little kid the nine year old kid Mm -hmm. he plays um, I just thought was awesome and like yeah come to my room come and see my window and all this kind of stuff and it was just Amazing! He was so fucking good, and because he has been in a lot, and um, you know, I've seen him in a lot of films over the years. I can't remember what the names of most of them, but obviously, he is more recognisable, like Mike says, in the yeah. X Men movies. But he's been in a couple of horror movies over the years as well, and he. Well, let's forget about that film he did with uh, um, what was it Angelina Jolie? What was it? Wanted. Oh my! Oh, yeah. I completely I forgot, about that. forgot about that movie. Yeah, well, you forgot well, thanks, it for a good Shane. reason. Now I, now I remembered it. Ha! <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, um, yeah, he was amazing in that. And yeah, like like you said, like you both said, the female lead, she was amazing in it as well. Um, and it's funny how I had I kind of figured out the well, I didn't figure it out as such, but it was like the ending. I kind of worked out what was happening, so like about halfway through. And for me, that's quite a, quite an impressive deal because usually I just watch a film by uh, by Shyamalan, and um, I'm just like I just I'm just surprised with everybody else. But with this one, I was just really yeah. amazed, um, and I was really impressed. So I'd definitely give it a ten out of wow. ten. That's a that's a hearty score there, Shane. I think I might be. I, uh, yeah. I reviewed this for the UHM site. I think I only gave it a uh, an eight. You're really pushing it. Yeah, really? that, that, there was a, a couple negatives. I wasn't a big fan of the um, what's her face, the the psychiatrist. Uh, she was okay, uh, but she got blown away by any scene that she was in uh, with McAvoy. So kind of a kind of a detriment to her. And um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's funny because like 
I think that she was the most. I mean, she did a, a decent job mm-hmm. in the movie, but decent is this movie's yeah, worst right. no, part. That's true. You know what I mean? There's like yeah. nothing bad about it. It was just like, eh, you know. I would have liked to see a little bit more of um, how the main character Kevin sort of lived his his normal days. That would have um, been cool. I thought that would have been interesting. I mean, you get, you get some of those clips at one point of the movie uh, where you get to see uh, like little um, uh, Skype videos or, or, or sort of like a video diary of multiple of the characters, mm-hmm. you know, recording their thoughts or whatever. Uh, but but I, I would have thought it would have been more interesting to see them interacting with other people out in the streets and stuff. I thought that would have been pretty good. But I, I, I understand that in the time period they're showing right now, that wouldn't have worked. Like, for what Kevin was going through uh, while this movie was going on, um, it wouldn't have made sense to have him go out and interact with people. But I thought it would have been cool to see some of that. Yeah, I now, agree. What did you guys think of this in terms of the horror aspects? Did you, did you find this scary at all, or was it just more compelling than anything else? I think that uh, it had a real... I don't want to really go you know, too much into it, but one of his personalities... They were really, uh, it was really tense the way they were describing it. And I was just kind of waiting for it and waiting for it. And, you know, finally it kind of happens. And um, it's a pretty scary, you know, change. And I think that that's pretty much the horror element of this movie. Yeah, I wouldn't say so much this is a horror. It's definitely more of an intense yeah, thriller. Yeah, I think I agree with Shane a little bit on this one. I mean, the, yeah, the ending, everything sort of ramps up. And you know the yeah. the tension's at its height, and people are running around, and uh, you never know which direction it's going to end up going. Uh, but I, I think the majority of the movie, um, you know, when you just see the the main characters interacting with Kevin, and you know, or I say Kevin, but I mean all of his personalities, you know, interacting with the personalities, and and sort of the psychiatrist going around trying to figure out exactly what's happening with everyone. Um, I think that's more. Uh, attention thriller type of thing as opposed to just straight out horror. So. Very yeah. much so. Yeah, it's. I would say it's more of a, like what Shane said, like a, yeah. a thriller. But there are a little, like, sprinkles of oh, yeah. elements. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at, at the end when, you know, it's, stuff starts to get a little more intense and you, uh, you get some more special effects and a little bit of gruesomeness going on in the movie. And, yeah, that definitely adds horror elements to it. There were some scenes in it where... I mean, I was sat there and I thought the sound effects alone were worth it. They were pretty yeah, amazing, especially towards the end. Yeah, especially that's towards a good the end. point. The sound design in this movie is done really well. But like yeah. a, a large portion of the movie takes place in, in sort of a confined space, um, but yeah. they use sound to their benefit. Where you have like you know one or two of the girls in a room, and then they're just listening to see what's what's happening, and you can hear uh, McAvoy in the other room personalities talking to each other and stuff like that so a lot of that stuff works really well as they're trying to figure out where they are what's going on but yeah they, they did do a really good job with the sound in this one <clears throat> now to the um, I don't want to say the, 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 the twist or whatever but I think Shyamalan himself um, when people hear that it's a Shyamalan movie they're like oh what's the twist what's the twist I gotta see the twist in my opinion, this movie doesn't have, and I, when, I, when I say in the movie, I mean the story alone doesn't have a twist. <clears throat> and, 
and it's only in the after credits scene that you get a uh, a surprise. But I think that surprise that surprise yes. is more just like um, a little bonus. It it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie, and it it doesn't like if they didn't have that bonus scene at the end, it wouldn't take away from this movie. This movie would get the exact same score. It would I would still love it just as much. But that little bonus scene at the end, you know, it, it's like at the um, at the end of uh, Iron Man, um, the first one, where they, where uh, Samuel Jackson comes in, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm thinking about assembling the Avengers, essentially." And you're like, "Oh, that's awesome, Avengers!" But like, it doesn't change that the movie was good. Like, that's just a little no. bit at the end. And I think what people are calling the twist in this movie is that little bonus, and I don't see that as a plot twist or anything yeah. like that. It doesn't change the way you watch the movie at all. No, and uh, you know, while you were talking and you were mentioning that, it kind of reminded me of like a Marvel film. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were like, "I hate." Uh, I don't want. It's, I don't want to spoil it, but it's not a spoiler, in my opinion. It, it's it's not. Well, we could we could go into spoilers, and you could add in a little thing going, "Hey, if you don't want to, if you want to avoid the spoilers, go to yeah, this part." Yeah, if you want to go avoid I mean? the spoilers, go to the part after we're done talking about this. I don't know. Like the movie came out months and months ago. I feel like, listen. Plenty of people would go, have seen it by now. Don't try to justify okay. it. You're going you're to get some Everybody go angry. see this movie. Okay, pause your podcast. Like I'll give a rat's ass if I make people angry. Pause Come the on. podcast and go watch this movie. Would we all agree that everyone should see this? Oh, it's yeah, a definitely. great, great movie. Because And and now we're going to talk about spoilers. Maybe I'll figure out what timestamp it is and put it in, but I probably... Yeah, that's what I was, that's yeah, what I probably I was saying. Though. <laughs> yeah, anyway... Cool. Um, yeah, at the very end. So the movie ends, and I don't. I'm not even going to discuss the end of the movie because uh, I, I don't even feel like that's that, that that's a spoiler that is not worth spreading out. But what you find out at the very end, there's news coverage of the whole situation that was going on in the movie with Kevin and and the girls that were captured and all that, and um, they're wa- somebody's watching it in a diner, and they're like, "Oh my God, that's just like uh, you know what was that guy that that uh, had those." broken bones or whatever and the camera pans over and it shows Bruce Willis um, dressed as his character from Unbreakable turning around going oh that was Mr. Glass and and that's the yeah. end of the scene so you learn that this movie and Unbreakable are in the same universe yep and it's it's like I said it's kind of like a Marvel movie because this is kind of an announcement for his third movie which he is doing yeah exactly but even I that is not a twist <laughs> was that a twist no not at all <laughs> I mean, no, so there is one part some people have pointed out that um, if you go back and watch Unbreakable, there's a certain scene where uh, part of Bruce Willis's, I guess you'd say, powers in that movie is he can tell when somebody's done something bad or or they're going to do something bad, essentially. So I think in the movie he works as a security guard at like a... um, uh, uh, a sports arena or something and he's going around just sort of like brushing against people to, to get a sense of you know what they've done or if they're evil or whatever and at one point he brushes up against a little kid and he sees these like crazy flashbacks of abuse and you know uh, who knows what else is going on and ev- a lot of people have speculated that that is Kevin that is a young Kevin I think Shyamalan said that too yeah I think he verified that right so it's like oh, it's like okay, that's interesting that you know that got put in there and he he sort of connected two of the dots, but 
I don't know how much that adds or or, or anything to either movie. I, th- I think it's just something that. Yeah, there. I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and watch Unbreakable for that scene. You, you know should I mean? go There's back not and like... watch Unbreakable because it's awesome. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, I, I wouldn't go back and try to like look for that and try to connect the dots because I think Shyamalan recently just said, "Hey, you know what would be cool?" <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't yeah, think right. he had this plan for the funny. last fifteen years. No, I do yeah, not. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, it's funny because I've only watched Unbreakable once, and that was oh, fucking. Hell, that must have been about 15, 13, 14 years ago. Oh yeah, it came out a while ago. Yeah. So, um, and I don't really remember much about it to be quite honest with you. So maybe I should go back and watch that one again. Um, but I can remember when I first saw it, I didn't really rate it. I thought it was quite boring. Mm-hmm. But then, as time goes on, I'll probably watch it again and more than likely enjoy it. So I might yeah. have to do that. I, I, in this t- day and age where, you know, every blockbuster is a superhero movie, if you go back and watch that one, because, you know, Shyamalan was a big superhero fan, it was sort of a deconstruction of the superhero genre before we even had a superhero genre. Yeah. Like, it's interesting to watch that now, really, uh, after seeing, you know, a million Marvel movies and DC movies and all that. Um, and, and you see a different take on it, and, th- and that's why I really like it too, because it stands out from all those. So it's worth watching. Yeah. But yeah, the, the twist on this one—it's not even a twist, and I hate people calling it a twist because it's like, no, that's just a fucking bonus scene. That's like that really—that sh- actually shocked me. That that really did surprise me. Yeah. So I sat there and I thought, oh fuck me, it's Bruce Willis, Jesus, and then it was like. <laughs> Thought, it was funny because um, when Val was watching us, she I, I didn't tell her, obviously, about Bruce Willis. And yeah. when, towards the end, where um, the girl's getting let out of the zoo by that guy. Oh, thanks um, for the spoiler, Mike. Oh, yeah, yeah well, <laughs> you can, you can, and Ryan, you're editing this. You can, you can throw this in the spoiler <laughs> section. Um, when, she, when she's getting out of the zoo, Val was like, oh, look, a cameo by Bruce Willis. I was sitting there, and I'm like, did she hear something? And then she saw Bruce Willis, and then we just both started laughing. Oh, that's funny. She also, she, she thought Bruce Willis was going to be the, uh, the the security guard or whatever there. Well, it kind, I guess it kind of looks like him, so <clears> she's <throat> just trying to joke. She's like, oh, a surprise cameo by Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Oh, shit. It would have been even funnier if it wasn't the Unbreakable guy and it was John McClane. That would have been better. <laughs> it's all big tie into Die Hard. Yeah, it's just Die Hard versus Split. <laughs> That's what they're building to. Uh, I would watch scary. that in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh shit! But yeah, I love Split. Um, I actually, I don't think I got this on Blu-ray yet. I'm gonna wait for it to come down in price. But I, I saw it in a theater and I loved it. And um, yeah, go check it out. I think I did I did a review of this one on the UHM site, so you can read that if you all my in-depth thoughts. It's mostly just me gushing over McAvoy. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's because you love McAvoy. I'd, I'd give it an 8 out of 10, definitely, too. I do, I just, do. Just for McAvoy. Yeah. Because I'm a sucker for acting. I, I like if <laughs> The movie could be shit, but if they have great performances, I'd be like, okay, well, that was a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. I hear you. <clears throat> so, yeah, go watch Split. It is awesome. One of, one of Shyamalan's best, um, and uh, and yeah, that's I think that's about it. You got to say about it. So uh, what do you, what do you guys want to go into now? Do you want to talk about some of the trailers we had to watch, or do you want to go into our uh, second topic, the horror comedies? We could probably do the trailers first. All right, we'll out of the way. 
Yeah, well, I'll let you do some trailers because all my notes for the trailers are on, are on my old laptop. All right, Shane. Well, we'll, we'll uh, refresh your memory uh, with with yes, our discussion of the trailers, and maybe maybe you've got you'll remember some of your opinions on them. How about that? Possibly, there is a possibility of that happening. Yeah. Let's so, do it. Uh, so you selected these trailers for Shane. Uh, I don't know how did. you did. I think you just randomly went on there and were like, "Hey, we're watching these." <laughs> yeah. Well, it basically, from what I can remember. I went onto YouTube, yep. looked up upcoming horror movies, and found all these trailers. And I thought these ones look good. That looks fucking awful. That looks dire. <laughs> let's go with the let's go with this one. I'm so glad you and, said that, Shane, because some of these that I yeah. looked through, I was like, ugh, why did you pick this? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. To, even even it was like two or three minutes long. I was like, man, this is this is hard to sit through. All right. Yeah, because that's how I choose to do things for you guys. You I, know, no, I love it. Like, I love it. The thought yeah. process is fucking brilliant. All right, so let's let's start <laughs> with our first one. The first one we watched is uh, a movie that I believe is out now. So we've, we've been prepping this episode for a few weeks now. So I think this has yeah. come out. Uh, it's called It Comes at Night. And it's yes. a brand new movie. Uh, this is actually in, in theaters now. I, I typed it into Google, and there's a few theaters around me that are playing this. So you, you might right. be able to see it depending on when I actually release this episode. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's not even out in the UK yet. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But um, I chose this one because I thought the trailer for this looked quite interesting. Yeah, so um, th this is a trailer that I really like because it doesn't give you all the information on the movie. You're left, you're left questioning, oh, what is actually going on? So if you watch it, you could go in there into Google, type in It Comes at Night, and I'm sure you'll find it. Um <clears throat> It starts off with there's a, there's some sketchy guy uh, that lives in the woods and he's gonna help this family of people, and um, and to help them he explains to them the rules of how they have to live uh, during the day. You know, like uh, keep the door closed and you always got to be with one person and blah blah blah, and uh, and and the final rule is never ever go out at night. Um, but so you know it's a horror movie. Obviously someone's going out at night because they gave him a rule not to. Yeah. So the the, the trailer starts going nuts from there. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of jumping around, quick cuts. Um, you're not really exactly sure what's going on. They mention some type of sickness if people are getting sick, and that the sickness maybe turns people into monsters of some sort. I don't know. Maybe it's like a. Uh, a I think it's mentioned in the trailer that it affects the men. Oh, okay. Is that all it is? Like the women don't get affected? I think it, no. I think it affects the men. And I think, judging from the trailer that I see, that it turns the men into the monsters, and it's the men that attack the women, or something like that. That's what I got from the trailer. Well, I th there was one scene I thought that was interesting. I thought it was a woman sort of hanging over a guy that was asleep and, like, dripping blood into his mouth from her mouth. Right. So, I, I mean, that's got to be somebody that's affected by this, whatever it is, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Um and I don't know if it's like a, a 28 Days Later situation, you know, where they just go ballistic and crazy, or if it's more, um, they're a little more cunning and methodical as opposed to just a, a raving lunatic uh, once they get infected. But I thought it looks pretty interesting. What do you think, Mike? Uh, I'm really interested in this movie because um, it's uh, done by uh, A24, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with it, they I think they produced uh, The Witch in Green Room. And um, I love those like artsy, slowy or slower uh, like horror movies, like The Witch. I 
and we already did a whole podcast podcast on that. But podcast. Uh, that's yeah, podcast. Um, <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to it because uh, it's you know I love The Witch and I and I hear it's <laughs> a similar. This has a similar tone to it. Really, so. this this looked a lot more action packed to me and faster paced um, than uh, than something like The Witch. Yeah, well, the, the people <laughs> I've I've known who've seen it um, have told me it's a little it's a little slower and it's more like artsy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. The trailer got me hooked as soon as the first time I saw it. It was just awesome. Yeah, it looked really good to me. Um, so I, I think I'm likely to check this out. Uh, what, what do you think, Shane? Are you going to be watching this when it comes out? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out as soon as I can get hold of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a look. All right, well, that sounds good to me. Let's go on to our second trailer you selected, Shane. Uh, this one is called Here Alone, and um, this one also has something to do with a virus or infection. Uh, the trailer starts off with a family together, and you hear news announcements of the viruses, blah, 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 and people are being turned and yada, yada. So the family escapes into the woods, and uh, then it, it, it goes a year forward, and um, you see that the only one that's left is the mom. And she's sort of living on her own out in the woods, and she's scavenging supplies, going to different houses and picking things up. And uh, you could see some scenes where there's like a horde of zombies or something chasing after her, and she's trying to escape, and she's got a gun, runs into some more survivors, and, you know, it sort of sort of goes on for there. And I know I, I, know I mentioned 28 Days Later when talking about the previous one because it was some type of weird sickness. This movie looks like... 28 Days Later, America. Um, what, do, what do you think? Yeah, it did look a bit. Yeah, it, it, looked, yeah. it looked a little uh, borrowed. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a whole lot yeah. of originality in this one. Um, I think it, it could be positive. You know, you have... Um, what's what's that movie? Uh, the zombie movie where there's two guys. Oh, The Battery. Um, the Battery. It, it, it looks like it could be a little similar to that. Like they're out on their own, sort of trying to survive, and it's really it's like a character study kind of movie. It has that possibility, or this also has the possibility of just being a fucking standard schlock zombie movie. So I'm not, I'm not really sure which way this one's gonna go. It looks like it's shot well. Uh, yeah, I can't really tell anything from the acting in the trailer because you know it's you get quick clips and everything. But it seems like a lot of it's going to be jump scares and like high tension moments where they're trying to be silent or uh, or trying not to be noticed by zombies, and then uh, and then the shit hits the fan. Um, any insights on this one, Shane? Do you remember this trailer? Um, no, <laughs> uh, not, not really. Um, I'm just. See, the way you're describing it, it reminds me of another zombie film that came out a couple of years ago that had, um... Oh, Christ, I can't even remember who was in it. But it was set, um... It was a post-apocalyptic zombie movie, and it was about two neighbours who don't speak to each other anymore. I'm trying to remember what the film was called. Um, two neighbours. And basically, the zombies, they assume that the zombie virus has been wiped out. But what they don't realise is that the zombies themselves have adapted because they've adapted to like an ice age. They've gone into an ice age situation oh. and the zombies have adapted into it. And if it wasn't for the CGI zombies in it, it would be a really good film. Well, it is a good film, but the CGI zombies in it look really shit. Yeah, that sucks. Um, yeah. But I'm trying to think of what the film was called. And this, this trailer reminded me a little bit of that. Um... 
I'll have to get back to you on that one because I yeah. can't remember what that was called. Yeah, yeah if you think about it, let it you bring it up. We'll, yeah. we'll go back to it. But I don't know. How likely are you guys to see this one? Probably just for something as background noise. One I'll of check it ones. out. I, you know, I want yeah. to develop a good opinion on it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to check it out when I can. Yeah. So this is here alone. Um, I don't know. I, I, I might be a pass for me if, unless I hear something really good about it. Um, you know, if somebody comes in and it, if it gets a lot of hype and they say, "Oh, you got to check it out," or in the other way, if it gets a lot of negative hype, <laughs> that, that I might check out too. But I think one of the worst things you get is just a mediocre movie that you're like, "All right, that was okay. I don't, it wasn't great and it wasn't bad." If it's horrible or if it's great, then I might check it out. Um, so let's go to the third trailer uh, that Shane picked for this episode. This one is called Don't Knock Twice. And uh, this has something to do with witches. It's a witch movie. Um, there's some young woman that is claiming that there's an old woman that's around that's a witch. Uh, it's got a scene of a uh, another woman slitting her own throat and then later in the trailer she's got like an old book of the dead type book she's flipping through and she sees some of the images that they show in the trailer drawn out um and uh it, it, and it's got like um it, it's heavily until you don't know what's happening in this one again like is it actually a witch is it some type of malevolent well i can't speak today a malevolent force is that a um um, all in the girl's head. Is there actually a killer that's trying to drive this girl nuts? Um, I don't know. I, I, I was intrigued by this trailer. I think I like the trailer more than I might actually like the movie. I don't know. Um, it, it, it looked really interesting to me. Would you, would you think Mike? Uh, yeah, it looked pretty interesting to me. Um, I, you know, I, I think which movies are kind of cool, so I'm definitely going to probably check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think a lot of the witch type stuff is it's becoming more popular now i think after the wave since the witch i think we're going to be getting a few of these things coming up yeah Yeah. the one thing i don't like about it and this is going to be really stupid but whatever um the poster for it is a complete knockoff of house oh i didn't see the poster i haven't seen the i haven't seen the poster either Instead of a, a doorbell, it's just like a, a, a knock, like a knocker on a door. Oh. It, it, bu- it bugs the <laughs> hell out of me. It really does. Was it house? Was it the doorbell or was it the finger that was carved into a key? It, it was the finger carved into a key. Right, that's yeah, what that's I remember. Same. And then house two, it's like a hand. I don't even remember now. I think it's two fingers sticking out, something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this. Shane, do you remember this this one? The uh, This... Uh, sort of spooky witch movie i kind of have vague recollection of it but i i am with you guys i'm probably going to give this one a watch yeah yeah i think i'm going to see this one i i like the way it looks i think the visuals on this one um more so than the other two movies the visuals intrigue me a lot here i think it's going to be this one if i remember correctly this one did jump over at me a bit yeah so yeah i think it's going to be a good looking movie and um i'm interested in it so i i think i'm definitely going to check this one out and, uh, and hopefully it's good. I don't want, you know, any more shit. That would be terrible. But, yeah, so yeah. for these, we'll save. Uh, we got some more we're going to do on the next episode. But for these these three trailers, uh, It Comes at Night, Here Alone, and Don't Knock Twice. Um, some good, some possibly mediocre, but I, th- I think they're worth watching the trailers and maybe checking out the movies when they actually do get released. I know there's been some reviews for some of them that are out already, but, you know, that always happens. You gotta yeah. always 
try to form your own opinions on this stuff. I oh, mean, yeah. it may not look good, but I mean, we've watched horror movies so many times where the trailer didn't look good, but the movie ended up being phenomenal. No, that's absolutely so. true. That's yeah. absolutely true. See, there's a lot of movies I watch <clears throat> that you guys really rate highly that I don't like, and vice versa. So, yeah. And I, plus, I want to add, like, uh, it comes at night. A lot of my friends are seeing it. Yeah. They always post, like, their theaters are completely empty. Oh, yeah. Um, just the A24 logo at the beginning of the trailer alone should warrant the viewing because they do phenomenal work. Yeah, that's, that's and a good point. When you when you get somebody that builds up that much trust in you know in the horror genre, you you should be willing to give them a shot. Yeah. Didn't I someone mean, po- yeah, I was gonna say, didn't someone post on um, the UHM um, hangout? Uh, I think it was earlier today or yesterday, saying that um, whoever recommended um, this movie. Owes me one hour and twenty six minutes of my life. Yeah, back. it was uh, Lake Mungo. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, yeah. Listen, All listen. Right. The the, the, oh, pi- the opinions of many people on that group. Um, I don't really <laughs> pay pay much mind to a lot of them. No offense, fellas. I know you guys listen to this, but when I get people shitting on the witch and uh, and saying that's that, that's the one that gets me every time. It's saying that it follows as garbage. And listen, even if the Babadook isn't up your alley. It's a well-made movie. Like that's these are just facts, folks. It's a well-made Babadook is a well-made movie, but I thought it was shit. That's, that's my opinion. There you guys another one there for you. Shane. There's a difference between calling a movie shit and just not liking it because it's not for you. Yeah. I just thought it was shit. That's just my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> that's fine. We could all have yes. our opinions, Shane. But when I when I see somebody just being like the witch is garbage, I'm like, oh my god. Like, See, even I'd jump into that because I mean I'm one of these people. I do like slow, bu- slow building films. Oh yeah, me too. So I really enjoyed that because when you guys recommended that to me, I watched it and I really did enjoy it. And you know I've watched it a couple of times since. So I do. I have enjoyed that. Yeah, for newer movies, The Witch is definitely the one I've watched. Um, yeah, the m- multiple times. Like I, I usually don't watch newer movies multiple times. It'll be years before I watch like new movies again. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the witch I've watched like three or four times. I love that movie. I feel like I always have to defend it while I'm explaining it to somebody. Like yeah. if I know that I'm trying to recommend it to one of my friends, I'm like, hey, you should watch the witch. But keep in mind that it is a slower movie, and I have to like go into this little spiel yeah. about it because I know. Most people are just not going to be into I, it because they're going to think it's like a jump scare film. I find I recommend I end up recommending that to people that aren't even like horror movie fans, like just people, yeah, like if if I know it's somebody that you know is into cinema and likes um, sort of well-made movies, then I'll de- I definitely recommend The Witch to them because it's a beautiful movie. It's, it's great at building tension. It has amazing acting. I mean the whole the whole package. The directing is great. It's an awesome movie. I can't wait for yeah. the people that made that to actually make more movies. I'm, I'm really looking forward to his next one he's got coming out. We did a whole podcast on it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get off <laughs> the witch. All right. I got you. Okay, guys. So let's move into our second main topic for this, or I guess the third main topic after we went into our trailers for this episode. This one is horror comedy. And this came up thanks to a post from Emily Hannon on the UHM fans group on Facebook. Um, so she, she posted this topic and it sort of blew up a little bit. Everybody was going back and forth, labeling their favorite horror comedies and talking about them. So I'm going to give full credit to Emily Hannon, um, for bringing this up because I think she made us promise that we'd give her a shout out. So Emily, here's your shout out. So, um, 
But yeah, at the same time, um, we all, we also got some uh, some fan mail from a guy, Kevin. Uh, I'm gonna try and say your name, buddy. But listen, this is a tough one, Kevin Kozachanko. I think that's how you say. It. He's a Canadian fan. Wrote in, had a really nice letter for us. We uh, we sort of went back and forth a little bit. He's a big Evil Dead fan, um, so you know him and I were talking nonsense Evil Dead collectibles that the two of us own. We're going <laughs> back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, Shane sends me a bunch of dumb Evil Dead shit from over in the UK because I can't get it over here. So I got my connection over there. He was he was going back and forth. Um, but I mentioned to him that we were going to be doing a horror comedy episode. And I promised him I would bring it up. And I know you guys did not watch this or take any notes on it. But just very briefly, uh, we'll go into one that he wanted to talk about. So um, he wanted to mention uh, Dead Alive slash Brain Dead. Um, what, what did you guys think? What do you guys think of this movie? I know both of you have seen this. Oh, yeah, Dead Alive is one of my favorite movies ever. I know a lot of people who do not like it though. Mm-hmm. It's Peter Jackson um, like at his finest, I think. Aside from obviously the Lord of the Rings movies, yeah, uh, um, it is Peter Jackson at his finest. I think, and it still makes me laugh to oh, this day. Oh, I, I watched it a few weeks ago, and I, it was like pissing my pants laughing at how funny that movie is. But it's one of those and movies, not, it, it's funny, but it's only funny to, to people that have, like, sick senses of humor. And like can, us. Yeah, exactly, like us. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can tell Peter Jackson is definitely one fucked up dude, and <laughs> he's got to be hysterical to hang out with just for making he this movie. I get depressed because every time I watch that alive, I re- yeah, like Shane just said, I really want him to go back to horror. And I, but I think partially the money really got to him because as the Lord of the Rings movies went on, there was less and less practical effects. So well, I think if you if you would did do, it, didn't he? he kind of did it with the Frighteners, didn't he? It was kind of more, yeah. The more Frighteners was, was a big follow up. I'm actually going to watch that um, pretty soon because uh, we're since I'm going to that scares the care weekend and uh, Jeffrey Combs is there I was going to do a little Jeffrey Combs marathon with Elisa sweet so uh Frighteners is on my list to watch like next but anyway are you going to be able to meet Jeffrey Combs yes he's going to be there have you ever met him before yes he is amazing yeah he's Uh, like one of the best people I've ever met yeah he's he was actually one of the first um I guess horror celebrities or whatever that I met he was at like uh, a rock and shock show which is a, a convention up in Massachusetts and Jesus, this is over ten years ago. I don't even know how long ago it was. It was like Rock and Shock Two, I think. I don't even know what they're up to now. Um, but but yeah, he was there, and I'm like, holy shit, Jeffrey Combs is there. That was the first guy I went to go see. No line, just walked up to him. Coolest guy, shook my hand, real nice. And this was at a time when they were still discussing making the uh, fourth Reanimator movie. So he was like, he's like, yeah, you know, we're we're trying to get it put together. Blah blah blah. That movie's since fallen off, and they've 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 dropped it. It's completely gone. But uh, real cool guy, I love him. But yeah, P- Peter Jackson is great in that. I, I love uh, Dead Alive, and one of my favorite parts is that when you if you watch this movie and you, and you've since seen you know the Lord of the Rings movies a few times, you absolutely yeah. see the exact same film techniques that he uses. And this is just like one of my favorite examples of how horror movies can be good movies. You know, like Peter Jackson is a very talented director. He's, he's like genius levels, does awesome work. And you could see all of that on display in dead alive, despite the movie being about a guy that uses the lawnmower to smash through crowds of zombies covered in gallons and gallons of blood and guts. It's, it's like one of the goriest movies of all time. 
And that it, is one of my favorite scenes. It's amazingly well made. I, I love Dead Alive, and it cracks me up every time. It, it's definitely a great uh, a great horror comedy for anyone that has like a little sick, twisted sense of humor. So My uh, other favorite scene in that film is when they're all sitting around the table eating the custard. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what we need is another war. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, the old granny whose ear falls off, and then she grabs a spoon and just eats her ear. Oh my god! That was just classic. <laughs> Holy shit! That's so disgusting. Good. Absolutely awesome, disgusting, gross yes. humor. Yes, and it all, it. It, so many classic scenes. The cemetery where the priest busts out. I can't yeah. ask for the Lord. Yeah. And that goofy music starts playing randomly. Oh yeah, <laughs> music's great in that. And stop motion effects for the uh, the Sumantran rat monkey. <laughs> so much nonsense I, in that. I my favorite parts the little the, the baby. He's really fucking annoying. But like when he busts out of that chick's head, <laughs> it, just, like, it like gets me every time. If, like, we're wa- if I'm watching with somebody, I'm like, you make sure to watch this part right here because I love it. <laughs> I like the scene <laughs> where he takes him to the park. Why are you taking this zombie baby to the park? <laughs> He's got him in like a barbed wire carrier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that one makes me laugh. Okay, oh, I forgot to mention this. So we got to give these uh, movies ratings. We're gonna do on these ones. We're gonna do both. Oh. Um, how funny and how scary each movie is. Um, so just quickly, uh, Dead Alive. I'm gonna give it a uh, a funniness of like I'll give it a solid eight. Like it's funny, but I understand that. Some people aren't as fucked up in the head as I am. So it's definitely, it's an eight for funniness. And for scariness, I'm probably going to give it, I'll give it higher ranks because of the gore alone. I mean, the gore should give this movie a solid boost, despite it being so funny. So I'm I'm probably going to give it an eight and an eight. What do you guys think, Mike? Uh, Funniness, I would give it an eight as well. Uh, Scary. (laughs) Uh, scariness, I'd probably give it a four. I, I got you. You don't think the gore over, like adds uh, enough to sort of make you cringe or? No, because I feel like they use the gore in a funny way. It's like it's, if it's it's like slapstick over the top. Yeah, yeah. It's like like the Monty Python of horror films. I got you. And how about you, Shane? I'm gonna have to go with you on that one, Ryan. Um, an eight and an eight. Eight and an eight. Yeah. Well, it's been decided. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> that's okay (laughs) all right so that's awesome um so let's move on to the movies that we actually picked i just sprung that on you guys because i thought it would be funny and i I knew i'm like these guys have seen dead alive we're gonna be talking about that for like 45 minutes if we don't like cut it off yeah (laughs) um let's go to the first one that you picked mike which was a great a great pick and it was actually going to be um one that i was going to pick had you not picked this (laughs) Uh, and that's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. So why don't you um, tell us about this one? Well, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein was uh, made in 1948. And it stars the comedians uh, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. And I don't know much about the, the background story and how this came to be. The only thing I really have is like the IMDb trivia. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Basically, it's in the title of what happens in the movie, Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. Um, Abbott Costello, they're two uh, like freight handlers. They work at like a like a UPS type deal, and they have to deliver these um, giant like coffins to a a horror house. 
So basically people like pay to get scared. But uh, Abbott Costello, they accidentally opened the uh, uh, coffin to Frankenstein's monster and he comes out and Dracula is there as well, of course. And, you know, all the, the hilarious shenanigans that, that happen. Um, and what's nice about this movie is that Lon Chaney Jr. is uh, Lawrence Talbot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bella Lugosi is Dracula. And uh, instead of Boris Karloff, they have Glenn Strange as the monster. Um, from what I understand, they didn't even approach Boris Karloff for this. But they had him do some marketing for it. Really? So, yeah, instead of uh, him being in the movie or asked to be in the movie, they asked him to take photos for it. Oh, my so, God. Like, not like dressed up as the monster, but like I guess there's a photo of him buying a ticket to see the movie. Ah, uh, I gotcha. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of funny on that. But um, the thing I loved about this movie the most is the humor from Abbott Costello because I think they're geniuses. I, I really do. I think the Who's on First skit, if no one has ever seen it, YouTube it right now, and it's probably the the best written and the funniest little uh, comedy skit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's it's just brilliant, and the brilliance comes through on this movie too. Because the movie was made in 1948, but it still had me laughing my ass off. Uh, it, the the humor is generally just hysterical. Just the little faces Costello makes and the um, attitude of Abbott just kind of dealing with Costello is just hysterical to me. Um, it's kind of like the the Marvel like cinematic universe of uh, the 40s, and well, it's just fantastic. The the, uh, the whole the whole. Um... Uh, Universal Monsters uh, situation, they had been connected since even in the 30s. They did, um, oh, what is that one? I think uh, House of Frankenstein. I think that's what it was called. And it had the Wolfman in it. And uh, maybe Dracula was involved at one point. And they did another one. It was another Dracula movie that had Frankenstein's monster in it. And um, they've all crossed over at some point. But this was the first one that sort of brought them all into the same movie. Um, yeah. I, I, and and if people aren't familiar with Abbott and Costello at all, um, you know, they were sort of vaudevillian comedian actors who uh, who, who broke into the film industry. I, I think they came in slightly after the Three Stooges. So the Three Stooges were big on their like earlier skits and stuff that they used to play before a movie would start in a theater. Um, and then every now and then like they would make like a Three Stooges movie. But Abbott and Costello sort of got on the ground floor at Universal and were making a bunch of comedy movies um, at the time. They had a, a whole string of them, and they would all it would all be crazy antics. The two of them would um, would take on, you know, they wouldn't be playing the same characters. They'd be playing different characters in every movie. Um, but they would, you know, they would they would go to the Sahara, or they would go to somewhere else and, you know, have a wacky adventure. And I think they were looking for something to do. I think this is how the story went, at least. Um, they had done a bunch of other ones, and they went to Universal and was like, can we use some of the monsters because they hadn't made like you said this is 1948 they hadn't made a a traditional universal monster movie in quite a period there was a long break there and universal's like yeah we're not using these things anyway and they managed to sign up uh, Lugosi and um, and uh, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. and they were like "All right, we're we're gonna do this And and this was not only it was Abbott and Costello's most successful movie um, and their most famous one, but it, it also sp- it sprung a string of movies afterwards. Abbott and Costello meet the Mummy. Abbott and Costello meet the Killer. Abbott and Costello meet 
Um, I think Mr. Hyde at one point, like a whole bunch of these movies where they meet universal monsters and it always has Bella Lugosi or Lon Chaney or somebody's always in it uh, as, a, as, as sort of someone to terrify them and have them running around the screen. Um, I actually haven't seen most of those. This is the only one uh, that I have seen. And it's worth checking out. Um, I really like this movie, but I'm a big fan of the sort of slapstick from the 30s and 40s. So that's fine with me. Like, still to this day, the funniest shit in the world to me is the Three Stooges. It's I die at any Three Stooges anything. Oh, yeah. And Abbott and Costello, they share a lot of the slapstick side with the, you know, some of the, the skits they do. They're a little bit more highbrow, though. You know, they've got, like, they get into puns. And the Three Stooges are more just, like, absolute nonsense. Um, but I was raised on those, so that's my excuse. Yeah. Well, three, yeah, three Stooges is a more slapstick, and they hit each other a lot. Yeah. Uh, Costello didn't even want to make this movie, apparently. Really? Yeah, uh, I think it was it might have been Abbott's idea, but uh, Lou Costello, he, according to IMDb, because I knew I read this while I was watching the movie, he says, uh, no way I'll do that crap. My little girl could write something better than this. And then they <laughs> gave him a $50,000 advance in salary. And they uh, signed a, a good director, and then he uh, convinced them otherwise. Yeah, right. Of course. Oh, oh now I'll do it. Well, that's a different story then. Um, yeah, and it, the, I, I what I what I like about this movie too is the fact that it if it wasn't for Abbott and Costello, it's it's just a really fun like old school horror movie. But the humor they add into it is just absolutely perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's like a perfect blend of horror and comedy. Yeah, and it's it's that old old school style universal gothic horror. You know, there's the big mansion yeah. sort of thing that they're going around. Um, there's secret passageways and stuff that lead to, uh, you know, experimental chambers and dungeons. And I think it's a, where is it a moat at the end? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> it's some, yeah, something like that. Costello really kind of uh, speaks to the audience in a way because yeah I mean this movie was made in the 40s and he would go into a house and it'd be spooky and he's like oh I'm leaving you know and then Abbott's like no come on you gotta you gotta come in he's like no I'm leaving he's like this is stupid why are we even here and I just think that that movie had more writing sense than a lot of horror movies yeah do right now. right you're like oh this is a creepy situation why the hell would I stay <laughs> yeah and I guess a spoiler alert it came out in 1948 well, listen, but you, you can spoil this I think it's only gonna entice people to watch it the very, very, very ending. Yeah. The very ending where they're on the boat. They, the Invisible Man is there. Yep. And he lights up a cigarette, and it's actually Vincent Price's voice. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's, uh, Invisible Man. He played yeah, the Invisible the... Man in in one of the sequels. Um, I don't remember which one. I watched them years ago now, and I I can't remember which one it was. Um, but yeah, he was the Invisible Man in one of the sequels, and I always remember that scene. I remember watching this when I was a little kid. I think my grandfather had it on VHS. And that was like the only part that I really remember. Like after I rewatched this again a few weeks ago, and um, and that scene came up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I remember this! I totally saw this before." <laughs> so, yeah, I really like it. Shane, have you ever seen uh, the Abbott and Costello movies at all, or any other stuff? I've seen some of the stuff, but I was really young, so I basically have no memory of it. Mm -hmm. I always remember watching it when I was a kid. So I'm talking about 30 years ago, maybe, well, 30, 35 years ago. Right, when these movies were released in the theaters? Ha ha, very funny. <laughs> Fuck uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not that old. Um, but yeah, no, when I was a kid, I used to watch um, <clears throat> Abbott and Costello, um, Harold Lloyd, 
um, Three Stooges when we got it over here, which wasn't that often. And there was a couple of other things we used to watch as well as kids. Yeah. But uh, I can always remember watching a couple of the Abbott and Costello movies, yeah. which I thought were quite funny. Yeah, these were good. It's it's not um, again. It's not lowbrow dumb humor. Like it's it's good old fashioned, you know, nineteen thirties and forties slapstick and puns and you know just uh, the in general dumb situations they get themselves involved in. And I also love um, that the uh, that there's sort of like a love triangle going on, or even it's like a love you know square or rectangle or whatever that's going on in the movie but it's yeah. it's so ridiculous because it revolves around abbott and costello <laughs> like what would i love how do? i love how smug costello is because he thinks he's getting all these women <laughs> <laughs> and abbott's getting so pissed off yeah that's one of the best parts oh that's good and and um um when they're in what is it they're in a hotel and lon cheney's like turning into the wolf man next door and they've got him like chained up and the two of them yeah. are arguing over women on the other side, and he's like, oh. and, and Costello's like, uh, what is he? He goes to get a, an orange, and he, he, yep. he goes into Lon Chaney's room, and he sees oranges. He's like, oh, I'm going to take one of these oranges. And he's like, now, wait a second. What if he counted them? And I'm like, Yeah, I know. Fuck? I love that line. It made me laugh so hard. Like, <laughs> Who the hell counts the number of oranges they have in a hotel room? And I like how he went in there specifically after uh, Lon Chaney Jr. is like, do not open this door. Lock it behind me and then he goes in there just for an orange <laughs> what if he counted him <laughs> oh my god so yeah this one um why don't you give it a rating mike uh, uh what do you th- what do you think on abbott costello me frankenstein um abbott costello me frankenstein i would give a very high eight out of ten mm-hmm. overall or what about the huber uh, horror aspect oh the the scary and the the funny yeah um, the funny, I would give a, I would say a nine out of 10, mm-hmm. because I think a, some of their jokes are a little dated. And I think if the average movie goer would go to see it, they'd be like, eh, but, uh, scariness, I'd probably give it, I'd say a six, a six. Yep. You gave I dead think, alive. What a four. You're giving this a six. Yes. Because I think the, <clears throat> the universal monster move or the universal monsters are a little scarier than, you know, like a like a an eight story giant grandmother, grandmother. <laughs> giant titted mom that, that absorbs you into her womb. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's as scary <laughs> as a Dracula, Ryan. Oh my God! All right, well, this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, coming from the man who gets scared while playing computer games. Yes, he can't but, handle yeah, video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! All right, well, I'm gonna say, by uh, humor wise. I'm gonna agree. This one's uh, this one's really funny, and I know uh, again some people don't like old humor, um, but I I think stuff like this is funnier than a lot of modern day comedies. Um, oh yeah. Because I I can appreciate well crafted jokes and and things that are, you know, put a little bit of effort put into them. So yeah, I'm probably gonna give the humor like a I'll give it like a eight. And uh, scary-wise, uh, it, it's down in, like, the two or three range. I remember being a very little kid watching this movie and laughing and not seeing any horror into it at all. Um, but, I mean, even though I'm a big fan of the Universal Monsters, this is the by far the least scary of the Universal series of monster movies. So, um, pretty low on the, on the horror range for me. But, but yeah. So, um... All right, uh, I'll go next into the one that I picked. Um, this one I was uh, stepping out a little bit. I, I had been meaning to watch this, but 
I never got around to it. And this is 2015's Deathgasm. And yes. I know that uh, both Mike and Shane highly recommended this movie to me. So, no, um, not me. Not you? No. Oh, then just yeah. Shane. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so I went into this. Um, I kind of knew what to expect. I knew it was like a, a zombie movie with like a, a metal band or something, um, which is ex- kind of what it is. But it's not exactly zombies. It's like demons and possession and zombies and stuff. But anyway, the long and short of it is that it's a uh, it's a New Zealand like splatter comedy. Again, fucking New Zealand. These guys. You got Peter Jackson, and uh, and you know now these guys. But they've also got a history of these crazy splatter comedies. Like, uh, you know, you've got, of course, you're dead alive. Bad taste from Peter Jackson. You've got Black Sheep, which came out in the early 2000s. Not the Chris oh, Farley so movie, good. but the one with the killer sheep. Um, he'll, yeah, that was all right. I like that one a lot. I thought that was really funny. That was one of the first <laughs> movies I watched with Elisa because she's at the time she was she used to work on a lot of uh, a lot of sheep and farm animals. And I'm like, oh, we're going to watch a movie. <laughs> we're going to watch a movie about sheep. Have you ever seen a sheep? Sheep turn into a monster right and then get into a fight with a guy so that and like death warmed up um another great uh, splatter comedy and, and of course uh you know what we do in the shadows another new zealand uh horror comedy that's out there so th- these guys are like the kings they're like the top of the game but um but this movie it's it's again high on the splatter i didn't find it as high on the comedy in this range um, but, but what ended up happening, there's this one kid that moves into a small town and, uh, he's into metal. He's a metal head, but nobody likes him. He all, he dresses in all black and wears metal t-shirts and goes to school and gets the shit kicked out of him. And he's not popular. And he meets, uh, a group of people two like, there's like two nerds. And then he meets the, the one, like, uh, I don't know, I guess he called him like a jerk metalhead guy. Who's like the tough guy that does illegal things, but everyone sort of looks up to him. And they form a metal band, and they steal some music, or they find music from a uh, an old uh, metal guy that lives near them somehow. And it turns out that it ha- it, it contains spells and whatnot that um, essentially calls a demon to take over the earth. And hell unleashes on earth, and there's demons and zombies and all kinds of shit. And the uh, the metal band has to go and fight them and try to stop them from taking over the earth. And there's also some weird cult of, uh, of people that are also trying to control the demons. It's a little nutty. Um, but overall, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really funny. Um, and I thought the uh, it had some great, great, great practical effects. And in this day and age, uh, to, for a 2015 movie, to really hit it out of the park with uh, practical effects, I think is worthy of some praise regardless of how anyone sees the movie to go see it just for the gore um and not being cgi garbage uh this is this is definitely worth a shot now now shane i know you uh you definitely wanted me to see this one what do you think about it i love this film it made me laugh so fucking much and although i'm not as big into the death metal as what mike is um I really appreciated the soundtrack as well because I thought it fit so well. Yeah, I, I agree with you on um, that. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it just cracked me up so much from the first time I watched it. I was dying with laughter, and for me, the funniest scene in the whole film involved the involved the box of church stuff, 
which just <laughs> has me in stitches every single fucking time. <laughs> See, I actually, I actually made a note on that scene, and I yeah. said I said that that scene went on a little bit too long. I feel like if they cut it down a little bit, it it went on for like five minutes. If it was a two minute scene, it would have been perfect. But I think they dragged it on just a little too long, and the joke sort of w- wore off on me. After after a while, like I thought when it first came up, that was hysterical, and like you, I was rolling on the ground with laughter. Um, yeah. But the, it dragged on a little too long. Like they should have cut it down and and made it just that like one hilarious joke, and then moved on from there. And it's uh, the bit when yeah, go on. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's the bit when um, his friend is fucking around with the um, the double ender. Yep. And um, start uh, and like pushes it into his mate's fa- face. And his mate catches a whiff of it, and he's like, oh, shit. And <laughs> Jesus. For, okay, for anyone who doesn't know the scene we're talking about, if you haven't seen the movie, um, <laughs> they, they go into this kid's parents' house, and uh, they pull out a box. They're being attacked by the parents, who are taken over by demons. And they pull out a box in their bedroom that says church stuff on it, and they open it up, and it's <laughs> just full of dildos. Dildos, Dildos, vibrators, yeah, yeah, all kinds of sexual deviant devices, and uh, (laughs) they use these as weapons to fend off the kids' parents, with hilarious results. (laughs) As you might expect, expect trying to fight a uh, a possessed zombie monster with a with a rubber cock. Um, but yeah, I I, trying not to spit my drink out, (laughs) mate. So yeah, I, I yeah I like the soundtrack too on this Shane. I thought it was um, I thought they did a really good job of making um, metal accessible in a horror movie. Like yes, they used it not to uh, ram down like how awesome a scene was or whatever, but they used it because it fit into what's going on in the movie. The whole. Um, themes and premise of the movie of like how metal affects these people's lives and it makes sense to have this metal soundtrack as a background i mean there's some movies that will use like death i'm I'm thinking more uh low budget um indie horror movies that will use like if there's a, a zombie invasion attack going on and the zombies will be attacking like let's say like a cheerleader or something and ripping her guts out and it's like you know uber gore and there's all kinds of stuff and there's just metal music playing in the background I'm like, this doesn't even fit the scene. It doesn't make sense. They're just putting it in there because the the filmmakers like this music and they think that, oh, I'm going to put this in. It'll make it more brutal if we have this in. When you have um, something like Deathgasm and it's more tongue-in-cheek and they use the metal to be like, this is brutal. It's more like with, with, a, with a laugh and a hint in your eye that like, listen, we know this is ridiculous, but that's why we're playing this because this is ridiculous. Um, now, Mike, you sounded like you... Uh, you had some hesitation in not recommending this to me. What would you think about this one? I didn't like it, and I'm in the minority. I think I took it too seriously. Um, I think I took it too seriously because I think that the writing took it too seriously in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like I feel like they – if everybody – you picture, like, metal music, I feel like – that cliche over the top image is what this movie is. Yes. Like they do like like handshakes and they do the metal horns. I'm like it's it's pretty cringeworthy at parts. <laughs> you never give like, your buddy a high five with the horns. <laughs> no, it's like uh, and, and I'm really big into the metal genre. I I live for the I 
love metal and I love death metal. And the soundtrack is is great and the practical effects are awesome. But I just I think everything else is really really cringeworthy and really? not accurate at all. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought um, while watching watching this, I thought the fact that um, it was so cringeworthy made it even more funny. Yeah, so did I, Shane. That, yeah, like like the, I, for instance, it's a small scene in the movie, but the scenes where the band goes out and they record a music video and they're all wearing like uh, like ghost yeah. makeup or like you know that <laughs> yeah. sort of like King Diamond like black and white face makeup and they're all like dressed up like that. They come back from recording their video and the guy's like, "You want an ice cream?" And he goes and meets a girl and the two of them are yeah. sitting there in a field having ice cream and he's got this like death metal makeup on. <laughs> uh, and that I mean, just that visual alone was enough to crack me up. And uh, yeah. and when he offers her, like you know, he's like, "Oh." He, you should, she's like asking him about metal because she doesn't know anything about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, here, I'll loan you some CDs. And he pulls out CDs. And it's like, there's like anal cunt. And there's like, she, yeah, yeah, she pulls one out. She goes, anal cunt? I'm like, oh, my God. It, it's, it's pretty obvious that the writers like knew a lot about like the uh, like metal music. You yeah. Because they put anal cunt in there. And the soundtrack has like Emperor and Lair of the Minotaur, which are really good bands. But. I, don't know, I just thought I, I just couldn't get into it. I couldn't put myself. I I, I got more annoyed at it than than I laughed at it. So, I, th- I know it's like I'm in the very minority with this, but you know I'm not gonna like shit on the movie and say it's horrible. But no, just, no, that's fine. Well, I'm fascinated with it because you're probably the most um the, the guy that's most into metal that I know. Like like probably by far. Like you're super into it. And the fact that you did like did you think it was. Uh, they they stereotyped the characters a little too much. Like this is what metalheads yeah, are. Yeah, very much. Yeah, that and that's what bugs me the most about it. Like he has the corpse paint on, and it, he's like sitting there. I just I don't I can't see that happen. And I know I'm saying this about a fucking movie about like spells and zombies and shit, but it's like I can't see that. I can't see any of the actions by the main characters happening in real life at all. I just can't. Yeah, I, I thought it was a start. I mean, I, I agree. It, it is slapstick, but I think a lot of what they were doing was sort of having fun with the ideas and, and, and behaviors of metalheads. That they It was exaggerated. Yeah. They were all super exaggerated, obviously. Um, I don't know, but I, I, thought it, I thought it worked, in my opinion. It wasn't perfect or anything like that. Um, but I had a real good time watching this. I thought it was... It was one of these movies I started late at night and I had to work the next day and I'm like, all right, I'll watch like, you know, 20 minutes or half hour of it and then I'll finish the rest tomorrow. I ended up staying up to like 1 a.m. watching the whole thing and dragging my ass the next day. But (laughs) just because I got so sort of locked into it, um, I was having a lot of fun watching it. I don't know. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, I I know I'm taking it way too seriously. I know I am. I just, I, for some reason, I get really finicky about that sort of stuff. I don't know why. Yeah, I, mean, I guess if they did the same thing and they made like a, a movie about comic book nerds, that uh, <laughs> that part, I don't know. I think I would still laugh. I don't like, know okay, I, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. You saw Dead Snow two? No, I never saw two. Yes, oh, I did. I only saw one. Never yeah. saw two. Well, the second one has like a pair of girls in it that are like overly nerdy, uh-huh. and they're they're like the typical like hot girls with glasses. They're like, oh, Star Wars. You oh, know, I got gotcha, you. Like, I got gotcha. you. It's like that. I, that's how I feel when it comes to this movie. See, but at the it's same like, now at the same time because now I haven't seen Dead Snow two, but I'm gonna assume it. I'm assume it takes the same tone as Dead Snow one, where again no. that's a movie, and I consider doing one of those movies as sort of uh, the horror comedy where. 
the goofiness and the the behaviors of the main characters are so stupid. It's like on purpose. They're trying to have some fun with you know the characterizations they have in there. I mean, in the first well, one, that's no two is more of a straight up comedy. Oh, it is. Yeah, even in the first, yeah. the first well, one was like a, a horror parody. Like they they had characters in it that are meant to parody stuff on like the Evil Dead and. Um, um, and some of your more traditional slasher movies where the, the behaviors of the characters are so um, stereotyped that they're funny. But I, I assume Dead Snow 2 would do the same sort of thing, and they probably just expanded, I guess, into more well, put, nerddom. Put it this way. I, thanks to Dead Snow 2, I will never be able to listen to Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart in the same way again. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. It's... The only way I can describe ba- uh, Dead Snow to is fucking batshit, batshit insane. Yeah, it's in- it's insane. It's the only way I can describe it. I watched it all in good faith, and I think I was to- I think I was watching it one night while we were recording a podcast. Oh, that's right. I think I- yeah, and I I think I told you then it's just batshit insane. It really it was the only way I could fucking describe it seriously. But I've watched it a couple of times since then. And it's still batshit insane, Ooh. but it's funny at the same time. And I stand by what I say. That final scene in Dead Snow 2 had me rolling around on the floor, cracking up with tears rolling down my face. I'm not joking. It was just fucking mental well, watching I'll that. I'll have to get on that one. Maybe on uh, a future comedy episode, we'll get to that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to Deathgasm, um, I remember it was a while back. I actually tweeted the uh, director of that, and he did actually reply. Um, he did. I'm trying to remember what it was he said, but essentially he turned around and said that um, there could be a Deathgasm two um, on the horizon. But at the moment, he was doing like some kind of TV show, mm-hmm. so there is potential for a Deathgasm two. Um, but yeah, for me, Deathgasm is awesome. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, and uh, I would, I'd give it comedy factor. For me personally, I would definitely give it an eight because mm-hmm. I find this film absolutely hilarious. Scare factor, I'd give it a six or a seven. Um, because when I watch this movie, the way I describe it to people is, it's kind of like an Evil Dead for a new generation. If you see what I mean. Maybe Evil Dead too. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. That's how I would describe it to people, and I would, I do say it's worth watching because it is, it's fucking funny. Yeah, and I do, need, I do need to get this on Blu-ray. Yeah, I'd probably go uh, for the comedy factor. I'd, I'd probably go with a seven, but I mean, maybe this is my opinion. I guess Mike would probably disagree. Yeah. I was gonna say if you were into metal, like if you knew some of these bands and some of the inside jokes that they have, I would say it's more of an yeah. eight. I mean, I've got a very, very minor uh, education in metal. I don't know a lot about anything, but you know, I'm able to pick up on some of the funnier stuff, like some of the band names and stuff they, they toss out there. And um, you know, just some of the actions, the guys shaking hands with the horns and all this other nonsense. So if if you're into metal a little bit, I think it makes it more funny Um, scares. uh, I'd probably go with a solid seven, um, mostly because of the practical effects. And I, in 2015 to do a movie with this many practical effects is fucking, just nothing but praiseworthy, and uh, I hope, I hope that this would lead more people that make movies to use more practical effects and less CGI as they can. So, Mike, I'm, just give me some numbers. I got to hear from you. Uh, what you thought? <laughs> um, funny factor, I'd give it like a, a three. 
<laughs> and uh, I'd say Scare Factor, I'd put a lot higher. I'd put like a five or six. Right. Personally speaking, Mike, I think you should go and watch it again, but just take into mind what we've said about it, you know, because it is meant to be tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, you know, I'm going to treat it cheese. like the average person treats the witch. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think, because I, I watched it twice. Oh, oh did you, you did? Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't, I don't know. All right, well, kudos for you. You can't, you can't win them all, I guess. So, uh, I know, I, I, got, I got to stick up my ass, I know, but that's how I feel. Yeah, that's okay, Mike. Makes a change, makes a change from having a dick up your ass. Oh, boom. <laughs> wow, that's a, I believe that's... Touché, that, motherfucker. That's a Touché. <laughs> you know what that looks like with all the male nudes on your laptop. <laughs> that was a hit, direct hit. Yikes. <laughs> I've been waiting for that. <laughs> Oh, shit, Shane. Great. <laughs> all right. Well, on that Strike note, one. Shane, let's move Let's move into... There goes all the goodwill <laughs> I built up by uh, yeah, praising some queer-centric podcast earlier in the show. Now, now we're going to get hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go into your pick, your selection for this one, Shane. Final Girls. Yeah, Final Girls. Um, I actually really enjoyed this film because it's... It's one of those one of those movies I watched that I had no idea what it was about really when I first watched it, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. But um, essentially, the film itself is about a young girl who gets involved in a car crash with her mother, and um, her mother is like an actress. She's kind of like a failing actress. She was well known for taking part in the Friday the Thirteenth um, inspired slasher movies of the nineteen eighties. And uh, she gets killed in a car smash, and um, it sort of like skips forward three years, and there's like an anniversary of um, this movie. I can't remember what the movie is called, but there's this anim- anniversary of the movie um, that her mother stars in. So she goes with a group of friends to go and see the movie, and uh, while they're there, a fire um, gets started in the movie theater. So. They try to escape, and it's like the whole theater goes up in flames. And as they're trying to escape, she finds a machete on the floor and slashes a hole in the screen of the film or in the in the cinema. And her and her friends, group of five friends, they all jump through. And basically, what happens? They end up in the movie, and they're all sat there and like, "What the fuck? What's going on? Where the hell are we?" And it's kind of like a Groundhog Day moment where they're sitting there and they're trying to work out what the fuck is going on when the the actors in the movie are driving past them, asking where this camp is, where they have to go. And then after a couple of like funny attempts, they realise that this is what they should do because they're in the movie. And uh, they're basically, yeah, we're new camp, camp, camp counsellors. So they join these guys, and that's when, um, I can't remember, Taisa something or other, I can't remember what her last name is, but she's also been, she, she's more known for being an American horror story. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees her mother on the screen as her on-screen character, and kind of, they start chatting and stuff like that, and it all goes from there, where basically um, <clears throat> there's a killer who's like an amalgamation of Michael Myers... Um, 
Jason Voorhees and like a couple of other elements of 80 slasher icons all thrown into one, so making this unique kind of killer. But um, it's just some of the shit that goes on in this film is really fucking funny, in my opinion. You know, I watched it and I actually cracked up at some of the scenes. It's like because these these group of geeks that have been transported in this film world one of them is talking about who the characters are and how they die and all this kind of stuff and there's like oh look there's the final girl she's the she's the one who kicks the killer's ass and then she gets blown up in a like car wreck you know and they're like ah shit you know so what do we do now and then it all goes from there where they have to explain to everybody what's going on and why they have to survive in this movie and all of that kind of stuff and it is actually pretty funny I mean, there's some good kills in it, but they're comedic as well, which is why I liked it so much. So it is pretty funny. Yeah, so, and so um, is the movie more like a spoof of the horror genre? That sort of like... It is definitely a spoof. It is definitely a spoof. And, um, you know, which leads me nicely into the fact that um, I did end up um, chatting with the, uh, the writer of the film, M.A. Fortin, on Twitter and had a bit of an interview with him, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. And he gave me some um, interesting uh, info about the film itself and stuff that a lot of people don't know about that just literally came from him firsthand. So that was really cool. Right, so what do you um, got? Well, if you don't mind uh, me just taking a quick break, I will get back to that. <laughs> You're not going to have to look <sighs> it up, are you, Shane? Well, the thing is. Thanks for thanks to the media of Twitter, I have access to all of that right here because I've managed to, I've got my Twitter account and I've got the interview itself, so I can read it all from the nice. screen for you. Despite your laptop yeah. exploding. Despite my laptop exploding, it's the beauty of having doing interviews, text interviews on Twitter. Nice, which is great. Right, I will be back interestingly. Okay, we will we'll sit here and uh, and kill some time. Mike, have you seen this movie? Uh, yes. What do you think of Final Girls while Shane is gone? Um, I, I liked Final Girls actually. I thought it was kind of a uh, a fresh take on the like horror comedy genre. No, is it? Uh, no, I haven't seen this one. But is it more like a a Leslie Vernon type movie where they like they realize that they're in a horror movie at one point and they're like, oh shit, this is happening to us. We're the characters. You know, I would I would say, oh well, yeah, I would say that's like a Leslie Vernon type movie, but uh. It's more comedy. It's like a straight up comedy, but they the 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 writers really took a lot of horror aspects. Like the the lead actress, her mother in the movie was um, inspired by uh, uh, God, what the hell? Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, mm-hmm. the the final girl on that, and uh, it's just it's it's very cool the way that they like put him into the movie and how they're they're really uh, finding out they're in a horror movie. I think that the movie should have been rated R. Oh, it wasn't. No, it's PG-13. So a lot of like the you know the kills are a little tame, and uh, you know that I wish like this is gonna sound really uh, just really shitty, but I think there would be a lot of like it would benefit if there was like you know like nudity in it because it would be more of like a classic <laughs> you know like horror uh, like spoof, but um. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. The only thing I really didn't like about it is the lead actress is uh, the, the girl from American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. I don't really 
think that she does too well in it. Is it a certain but, season, or is it just uh, she's just in all? Uh, of them? The only season I've seen of American Horror Story was the first one. It's mm-hmm. the daughter. Yeah, she was uh, awesome in that. Uh, well, yeah, she was she was okay in American Horror Story, but I didn't like her in Final Girls too much. But uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a really good movie. I wish it would have been rated R, but I thought it was good. Yeah. See, I'm a big American Horror Story fan, so for me it was quite nice to see her out of that um, realm, so to speak. Nice. Yeah, I have not seen this one, so I pretty much have no input on it. Um, I've seen the poster, that's about it, really. Yeah. I would I would definitely try to check it out, because it's uh, Adam Devine's in it, who I like in small doses, and uh, Thomas uh, Middleditch is in it from uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, I love Adam Devine in Workaholics. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, he's great. So I hear Shane opening up a package of cookies. No, they're not cookies, it's my tobacco. <laughs> although, although saying that, I do have a nice bar of dairy milk sitting here. Waiting Ooh. for me to open Just the plain dairy milk, nothing fancy. Nothing fancy but for yeah. you. No. Or for you, for that matter. Damn it. Ha. But yeah. So, but yeah, I, Final Girls is good. Yeah. But yeah, basically, um, I can get back to the uh, task at hand. I generally, I basically, um, MA14, I asked him um, <coughs> just to give us some like anecdotes, script details that were left out, and um, what he thought should have been left in. And, um, you know, and because it was such a short notice because we were due to record this podcast like a few days after which didn't happen because of um, laptop explosion and shit mm-hmm. um, you know it's been sitting there for a while so uh, but basically he's given us he's given us some um, stuff about the script uh, originally the Tina character was meant to be the mother which meant that there was a very different journey for her to undergo under Max's influence. Max is the daughter in the film. She's the female lead. Um, From hyper-promiscuous to regular final girl type, conversely, the actual final girl, upon realising that her entire existence hinged on being a chaste sober and chased by a lunatic, rebelled against her role and promptly starts drinking and hooking up, thereby getting herself killed. This exchange of roles between the two women ended up being simplified for the final version of the script, as many felt it detracted from the more emotional underpinnings that we all felt were most important to the story. And um, when I asked him about uh, who was like really cool, who were the really cool people on the set, um, he said Malin Ackerman. Um, she played the mother um, of the character in the film. Um, she was also Silk Spectre in The Watchmen. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, he said that she was truly a doll, a self-starter who always knew exactly how to play every scene. And then he goes on to gush about how amazing she was and how he adored her and um, he couldn't imagine anybody else in the part. Um, When it comes to stuff that he says should have been left in the film, there was a moment on the dock where the girls are sort of introspective there was a moment where Gertie wondered if they would ever get out and what would it be like just to live in a horror movie. Max asserts that it would be awful. Imagine spending your entire life wondering if a maniac was around the corner to do horrible things to you. And Vicky chimes in, yeah, actually, that happens back home too. It's called being a woman. 
<laughs> and um, he says, I was always fond of that exchange. The feminist elements of the story were always very important to Josh and I, but Todd chose to cut it, Todd being the actual film director, editor. Right. Um, he says, um, and this is the... Um, this is the uh, part where we have some info. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, right. Basically, he says there's there is a Netflix style sequel mini series in the works um, as the there is the follow up to the film isn't likely as a feature, though they do have one outlined. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's a That's a all you need is blood exclusive. Probably. Yes, it is. And there's um, basically he says he can't really say too much about it, but it reveal who the character, who Max's father is. Um, and he's very much present in ah, Camp Bloodbath. That's the name of the camp. Ah. Or that's the name of the film. So that's who it is. So basically, um, yeah, we've been told that or we've been given that. And um, it'll be it's going to be really cool if it happens. And um yeah, so <clears throat> that'll be that'll be really cool, actually. Well, that's awesome. And I've also got some interesting information about um, the car- uh, the guy Josh, who um, the co-writer, um, about uh, who his dad is, because um, it's um, Josh Miller, whose father is Jason Miller, who played Father Karras in The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. So yeah. So that was really cool. And he also said that he was listening to a lot of M83 um, and Rick Wakeman while he was working on the script for the film. So that was generally it. Wow. Well, good job uh, getting some inside info, Shane. That's awesome. Thank you very much. See, I do take my podcast work seriously. Contrary you do. to popular belief. We're proud of you, Shane. Everybody here. Thank you very much. So, so Thank how you would you much. rate this one, Shane? Give me, give me some numbers. Right, um, comedy factor. I'd definitely give this a seven because um, I do find this film quite funny. Um, it did make me laugh a lot, and if, if it wasn't just it wasn't just for the way you see the killer on the screen, it was just the reactions from the uh, from the cast members, which I thought were pretty priceless in in places. Um, uh, specifically, the the comedic moment of the girl, the promiscuous girl, who's trying to shag everybody in sight, when they have her all dosed up on pill, or she she's all wrapped up in like puffer jackets, and she's got her hands all gloved up and wrapped up in gaffer tape, and so she can't actually do anything to anybody or herself. And um, she's taken all these diet pills that this girl has, and she's completely ripped to the tits on these diet pills. And she's going completely insane, and that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah, when it comes to stuff like that, I'd definitely give it a seven. Scare factor, I didn't find the film very scary at all. Although there may have been a couple of scenes that, if you were um, slightly younger, like Mike, um, like could have probably um, given you a bit of a fright, you know. So I'd, I'd say it's about a four or a five. And Mike, I'll be thirty uh, next year. <laughs> Really? Oh wow! How old did you think I was? About five. (laughs) It's because of the lack of facial hair, isn't it? Yeah, there is that aspect to it, man. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Mike? What do you got on this one? 
Uh, Scare-wise, I wouldn't go too high. Uh, I'd say like a five. Uh, but funny, it was it was pretty good funny-wise. I'd say it was about seven. Awesome. Now, now Shane, Mike had mentioned, um, I don't know if you had heard this while you were uh, off collecting your, collecting your notes, I had mentioned that the movie is in fact rated PG-13. Do you think that was a detriment to the film? Do you know, I didn't realize that it was a PG-13 in the States, because in the UK that would have been a either a 12A certificate or a 15. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, not really. You know, I think if they had more gore in it, obviously it could have warranted a higher rating. But the BBFC in the UK, they're sometimes quite lenient when it comes to horror movies. Um, it's like um, Alien Covenant um, got given a 15 certificate in the UK. Which really did surprise me. Um, but there's been quite a few horror films that have had higher ratings in the US that have actually had really lower ratings in the UK. Mm-hmm. But personally speaking, I think um, the uh, the rating itself didn't really affect the film. I think it was just it could have been one of those teen dramas, were it not for the fact there was a serial killer in the film and people were getting hacked up. But. No, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the film. Awesome. Well, I'm not going to give it any rating because I have not seen any of this. Um, but it was good to hear from you guys on those ones. And um, I think that's about all we got on this particular episode, fellas. Unless there's anything else you want to tack on to any of these movies uh, at the very end? No. no, nothing else I can think of. All right, well, we'll wrap this one up. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, again, you can hit us up at... Uh, pod at gmail.com uh, you can find me on twitter at Ryan Tudelo and all of us are on the uh, the facebook group um, at the uh, UHM uh, horror fans facebook as well as the upcoming horror movies message board um, some of my reviews are on upcominghorrormovies.com on the main page and um, how about you guys Shane any contact info and I know I forgot um. all the uh <laughs> of Instagrams and other things I was supposed to remember for last time so maybe you could cover me up on that one right okay well um, I have I have Instagram um, or Instaspaz as I like to call it um, I am Dead Soul Society 74 um, on uh, Instagram I'm also known as Dead Soul Society on the Twitters um, as is Ryan I am too Dead Cell Society? Yes. No, you're not Dead Cell Society. Oh. You, your Twitter handle? Yeah, at Ryan Tudelo. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And Mike is on there, but he never uses it. Nope. Excellent. So, um, so yeah, that's about it for this episode, and uh, thanks for everybody listening. And tune in next time, where we'll probably be covering exactly the same thing. Funny that. So, <laughs> bye for now, folks. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. I absolutely have to piss my brains out.